to the Week 17 Sharp Waiver and Injury Show. I am your host, Todd Burrows. You can find me on Twitter at BestBallNFL. And I'm joined by our waiver expert, Curtis Hirsch, uh, at Curtis Harsh, H-A-R-S-C-H on Twitter. And by our own injury expert, Tucker Bagley, at T Bagley Sports. Make sure you're subscribed to Sharp Angles on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere you listen to podcasts for all four of our weekly podcasts, including this one, as well as the Sharp Betting Show with Ryan McChrystal, Sharp Angles with Dan Pizzuta and Rich Rebar, Sharp Angles Fantasy with Rich Rebar and Fantasy Experts. Don't forget to subscribe to Warren Sharp on YouTube for fantasy football insight, matchup previews, in-depth stats and analysis, and feel free to leave a comment, and please hit that like button. We would really appreciate it. Let's get to our takeaway of the week. Uh, we'll start with Curtis this time. Yeah, my takeaway is let's get to the playoffs. The football was pretty brutal this week, just looking to cut down some teams, and this league is in a bit of a quarterback problem. Uh, hopefully next year's crop is, well, it can't be worse than this year's crop, but we're talking about Mike White coming back and being a uh, top half of the quarterback league. We're talking about Brock Purdy. The, the quarter play, quarterback play has been awful in this last few weeks, and the league has a bit of a problem. So hopefully we can see some young stars. I'm not talking Joe Burrow, uh, Justin Herbert, but hopefully the next year's quarterback crop can come in and make a bit of a difference because these last couple of weeks, it's been pretty awful out there. And... I'm just looking forward to the playoffs so we can see some good football again. Yeah, I, I always think about that when it's time for the next new league that wants to make a run at it. And you've got, you know, the XFL, whichever one it is, the USFL. And I'm always thinking to myself, you know, the quarterback play is going to be so bad. It doesn't matter what kind of cool rules they have, what kind of cool uniforms they have, when they play during the year. The games are just going to be awful because there's just not enough good quarterbacks out there to, 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 you know, to even fill an NFL starting roster, never mind backups and third quarterbacks, before you even can consider starting another league. Tucker, what's your takeaway on the week? Yeah, I mean, my big takeaway is just how important it is to, to peak at the right time over the course of an NFL season. I know it's a short season. It's only 16 or, or 17 games now, but you kind of look at the playoff picture and you look at the teams that are streaking, teams like Detroit, who seemed dead in the water as recently as six weeks ago, and you compare that to a team like Miami, who we'll talk about in a little bit and a little bit more depth. But, I mean, this is a team that was viewed by some as a, a Super Bowl contender and possibly a Super Bowl favorite as recently as mid-October. I mean, that offense looked unstoppable, and right now they're one loss away to the, the Patriots or Jets this weekend or next weekend to not even being in the postseason, to be on the outside looking in. It's just unbelievable how quickly things can change and just how important it is to be playing your best football come December and January. <clears throat> yeah, I agree with that. I think that's a great takeaway. For me, it's that the NFL is an odd place. So Nathaniel Hackett was fired this week and well-deserved, but he was hired by George Patton. Patton traded for Russ and gave up a ton to do it. And then Patton gave Russ a boatload of money when he didn't have to yet. And yet Hackett gets fired and Patton gets another year. We see this kind of thing pretty often 
And to me, it's always an early um, warning sign of dysfunction in an ownership group. Your thoughts on that, Curtis? Yeah, I think you take a look at Indianapolis and you've got the same scenario and same with Arizona. The, the general managers should wear as much blame as the coaches. The coaches are, have been, uh, I guess I'm going to speak for Cliff Kingsbury, was terrible, but I don't think Frank Reich was doing a horrible job. He's just had nothing. They've drafted horribly, and that's on the general manager. And these guys just kind of escape, escape the firing line somehow, and I, I totally agree with you. Very weird, very weird setup, and the coach is the easy scapegoat, but if you don't change things at the top, things aren't going to get better in a hurry. Yeah, so there's three levels, right? And the first level is we like the coach. We know we should fire him, but we don't want to. So we're, we make him fire one of his coordinators. Um, the second one is the coach gets fired. The third one is, you know, when it's so bad, they have to fire the GM too. But you got to realize that, you know, these owners hire general managers that they like to go out to dinner with. And, and you think about it, it's, you know, it's simple as that a lot of times. You know, they they have a comfort, you know, a comfort level with this general manager. Um, you know, the, the the owner isn't talking to the coach every day, but he is talking to the general manager. So to replace that general manager is, you know, hits close to home. And, and that's my theory on why we tend to see it like this. Tucker, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, what's that? saying it, it all runs downhill right crap runs downhill and that's kind of the way it is and unfortunately when you end up with a situation in denver where, where russell wilson really isn't movable right now i think the the cap hit if they cut him tomorrow is like 110 million dollars in, in dead money russell wilson's gonna be a denver bronco whether you like it or not he's gonna stay there and because the gm is the gm i think nathaniel hackett unfortunately is the scapegoat whether right or wrong and Certainly, he's looked like somebody who, who's been way over his head this entire season. A change had to be made, and I think that was the easiest change to make. And I think you see that a lot. Instead of making wholesale changes and blowing things up, teams try to take the easy way out, try to take a shortcut, try to make it as palatable as possible, not only to their fan base, but also their, their checkbooks as well. Yeah, I, I, I agree. So let's head to the main portion of our uh, our show. Um, and it is finals week. We will do a wrap-up show next week and then wish everyone a great off-season. Um, and next week, we'll, we'll probably do some of our big takeaways of the week. We're also going to change this week up a little bit. We're going to do instead of a must-add, must-drop player because they're, you know it's the last week of waivers. Uh, we are going to do a must-start, must-sit segment. Uh, because you're going to be putting in your fantasy lineups, trying to win championships and take home the money. So let's go over to the quarterback position, Tucker, where I'd like to get an update on Jalen Hurts, um, Tua, and his really weird set of concussions and how it's been handled. You mentioned Mike White coming back, and Lamar is also questionable. Yeah, Mike White will be back this week uh, for the first time in about three weeks. It's good news for for Jets fans as they try to try to qualify for the postseason. Jalen Hurts, I, I would put as firmly questionable. Nick Sirianni came out and said that they're going to have a game plan 
for both he and Garner Minshew heading into to Sunday's game against the New Orleans Saints. I wouldn't be shocked if Hurts plays. I'm sure the Eagles would rather him sit out at least one more week, and then if they, they beat the Saints and have nothing to play for against the Giants in Week 18, you sit him then, and that pretty much gives him four full weeks between the last time he played and when the Eagles will play their, their first postseason game in the divisional round. So it would hurt for fantasy purposes, but for the Eagles, I think that makes sense to take it easy with him. And as for Tua Tagovailoa, I don't know if I'm the Miami Dolphins, even though I'm on thin ice and, and I'm, you know, on the edge of the playoff picture. I don't know how a guy who's now had three concussions this season has only been in concussion protocol twice, was able to play the last five minutes or however long it was in the game with a concussion. If you look at his numbers, Warren Sharp tweeted it out um, sometime yesterday. He went like seven of 13 and threw three picks after he, he suffered that head injury. I don't know. I mean, this is something that I think the NFL needs to look into even further than they did back in October, because clearly something isn't going right with the concussion protocols down in Miami. I would just shut him down for the year. I really would. I mean, this is now the third time he suffered a significant injury to his head. I don't think putting him back out there, especially after just one week, if he is able to clear concussion protocol is what's best for him or really the NFL. So if I were the Miami Dolphins, I would just shut him down for the season and hand the reins to Teddy Bridgewater and, and hope our, our team can qualify on the back of, of his play. But I know how desperate they are to make the postseason. I wouldn't be shocked to see him sit out week 17 and come back in week 18 and, and try to qualify for the postseason. All right, uh, Curtis, um, it's pretty threadbare, as you mentioned, at quarterback, but who are you looking to pick up? Yeah, I'll, I'll speak to that, too. I uh, Tua has to wear some of this as well. He's got a he's got a responsibility to himself, and he has to say something when he takes that hit. So it's it's a tough situation, but I think the league is going to step in, and I don't see how he can play again this year. You're you're right, even whether they're in a playoff run or not. Uh, at some point in time, the player safety has to rule over winning and making the playoffs. So, and that leads us into Teddy Bridgewater. I I don't think he's a huge downgrade the way Tua has been playing these last couple weeks. Teddy likes to throw it shorter and the Dolphins have gotten away with away from that lately. And I think that might spark their offense a bit. Just get the ball in the hands of those two receivers and let them go. Don't need to be throwing it 15, 20 yards down the field. Just dump it off, get it to get it to your two got your playmakers and let them do their thing. Uh, they get the Patriots this weekend who struggle at the corner position they just don't have the talent they've had in the past so i'm firing up teddy bridgewater if in a couple dynasty leagues where i don't have a quarterback and i'll probably play him in dfs this week i think he's up for a big week and then there's brock Purdy as well he he's got if he's still available he's people have caught on to him a bit he's got the raiders this week and that's just a great matchup and they still have some stuff to play for i don't think they're going to catch the eagles but they can definitely catch the vikings and get a second home game. Awesome. All right, let's move over to the running back position. Aaron Jones um, dinged up. Um, Derrick Henry dinged up. Lenny dinged up. Tony Power dinged up. Jamal Williams dinged up. Um, why don't you take us through each one of those situations and give us your best guess, Tucker, on who's going to make it this week? Yeah, there are a lot of question marks at running back this week. There, There isn't really anything to definitive with, with any of these guys. Aaron Jones is interesting because he he said 
he rolled up his ankle early in the second second half um, in their win against Miami, but said he was available the rest of the week, given how dire the situation is in Green Bay heading into the last two weeks of the season. I would expect him to play, whether or not that's on a, a bit of a snap count and they kind of lean on um, A.J. Dillon a little bit more. It, I, I think that may be the way they go, just kind of split it more 50-50 than the way they have so far, but I would expect him to play. Derrick Henry, I, I just... He hasn't practiced in a while. He, if you go look at his practice reports, there's a lot of DMPs. There's a lot of limited participation. But it was always with the caveat that it was rest, right? The Titans always designated him sitting out as rest. On Monday, it was designated as a hip injury. He sat out Monday's practice due to a hip injury, not due to rest. I find that fascinating. I, I find that as a, a situation that clearly Tennessee is hurting. They're missing Traylon Burks. They're missing their quarterback. They've relied on Derrick Henry tremendously for the past four or five years. They need him now more than ever, really, with Malik Willis at quarterback. I think he's going to play, and you look at their what they've done um, this season as far as running back share is concerned. Their number two running back is Dontrell Hilliard. He's on the IR. Like they, they don't have any other running back. You look at their carry distribution from this past weekend. I think Henry had 27. Malik Willis had seven. And they had a wide receiver get one, and that was it. They didn't have any other running backs touch the ball. So as long as Derrick Henry is on the field, I, I think he's good to go and, and will pretty much be the entire Titans offense. Leonard Fournette tweeted out by himself on his own volition that he has a Liz Frank injury and he can't even push off that foot. Now he went and deleted it later, but I do find that interesting because you look at his production, he missed time. I think he only missed one game with a hip injury earlier this year. But other than that, he, he's been healthy. His production hasn't necessarily taken a dip. His snap count hasn't really taken a dip. So if he really is playing through an injury that costs a lot of players entire seasons, I mean, that's a painful injury. That's an injury that almost no one's capable of playing through. Shout out to him for, for being able to do that. And then Tony Pollard, he, he probably had his worst game of the year. I think he had seven carries for 11 yards against the Eagles. But I would expect him to, to be back this week as well. Um, despite dealing with what I believe is a hamstring injury right now, um, as I'm, or, or a thigh injury he, he's dealing with. And Jerry Jones, ever the optimist, told reporters yesterday that, that he expects Tony Pollard to be good to go for Thursday night against Tennessee. All right. So, um, you know, there's a Hassan Haskins joke in there somewhere, but I guess it's for anybody who thought he was going to be you know, that 18th, 19th, 20th round sleeper running back. The fact that, as you mentioned, uh, Hilliard is on IR, Derrick Henry is all beat up, and Hassan Haskins can't even get uh, a carry, uh, that's no bueno. So uh, I thought you would appreciate that uh, little tidbit, Curtis, and let's hear who you're looking to pick up this week. Yeah, I I actually, if I play a single slate DFS, I don't have the courage to pick this guy up and actually start him in a lineup. But I'd lean Julius Chestnut over Hassan Haskins. Like it's maybe like well, it's the season. I mean, he can get roasted over a. (laughs) That doesn't matter. I think they're just going to step in, walk up three straight runs, and punt and just get ready for Jacksonville next week. So it doesn't really matter who plays at running back for them this week. They're probably not going to put up uh, much of a fight, nor do they care because next week is the big game. I, I am curious how Derrick Henry has been on a rest all year because he's clearly hurt. He's clearly playing through some sort of injuries, and it's been for quite a while. So 
it's nice to see they actually put him on the injury report this time because he's definitely been injured all all year. Um, if if by some crazy means Cam Akers or Tyler Algiers on your waiver wire, let me join your league and pick him up. Like I I don't know how they could be available, but I've seen some leagues where they are. So go ahead pick up those guys. Chuba Hubbard maybe Chuba. Good Canadian boy here. Maybe he's worth a shot, but tough matchup and three-headed monster in that backfield. So not even though there's quite a few injuries, there's not really a sneaky pickup this week because Rashad White's going to take over. A.J. Dillon takes over the work there. Zeke will probably get some work, and it's just not not ideal. Yeah, and I had a team, one of the teams I was telling you guys about in pregame that missed getting into the finals by two or three points had Rashad White and uh, you know, it, it's always worse when the guy goes off the week after. Uh, meanwhile, you know, you lose by three points and you're sitting there tilting that Lenny is out there, you know, yeah. um, you know, uh, you know, this fighting through an injury. They're, they the whole Bucks team. They're, they're, there's no rhyme or reason for anything they're doing out there. Like, I tilt that whole team. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Poor Tom Brady. I mean, you know, they say he still has an arm, but, I, I, you know, he just can't seem to use it like he used no. to. All right, let's move over to wide receiver. Um, Curtis, uh, I mean, Tucker, uh, who do you have as an injury guys uh, for this week at wide receiver? Yeah, so Tyler Lockett, he underwent finger surgery early last week. When it happened, the, the Seahawks said they expected him to play in week 17, which is you know pretty incredible considering that shirt turnaround. So I would keep an eye on him later on in the week. He's someone that certainly gets a high target share in that offense. And if you go back and look at what they did um, this week with him out, they really didn't try to replace him. We talked about Marquise Goodwin last week, maybe taking a lot of his snaps and his targets. He had four targets, zero catches, and it was pretty much DK Metcalf and nobody else in that passing game. So him coming back, I think would be huge. Chris Olave missed week 16 with a hamstring injury. If he came back, that would be, you know, pretty big for that Saints offense, especially if he's playing in the slot against the Eagles where Avante Maddox is, is going to miss some time. And Josiah Scott, their backup slot corner, really got burned um, by CeeDee Lamb on Saturday night in Dallas. So if Chris Olave came back, that'd be huge for them. If not, it, it just might be Rashid Shahid and Jawan Johnson as the targets for, for Andy Dalton. And the other guy I would certainly keep an eye on is Debo Samuel. I'm not sure if he's going to be back this week. I'm not sure if he's going to be on the field come Sunday. But Kyle Shanahan did announce that he is expected to be at practice this week after only missing two games with that ankle injury. So if nothing else, he certainly seems to be on track to be back for their first playoff game in two weeks. So that's certainly an encouraging sign for Brock Purdy and that – uh that that um, offense over there in San Francisco. Yep. All right, uh, Curtis. Uh, hopefully, we at least have some people you like to pick up at once. Yeah, there is. Even. Yeah, uh, Tucker mentioned it. Rashid Shahid. Uh, we saw what CD Lamb did to the slot corners of the Eagles. If uh, Olave isn't able to go, you, you got to throw him in there because he could hit double-digit targets. The the run game struggled a bit against the Eagles this week. So I, if I'm the saints, I just chuck it to him all day and see how that goes. And then Romeo dubs out in green Bay. We just saw all three giants receivers put up a good week. And if Christian Watson doesn't come back, then you got to throw him in. If Watson is back, um, then the other guys are obviously startable, but 
if he if Watson doesn't play, he seems to be injured quite frequently early on in his career. So I'm not sure which way I'm going to lean him this week. But if he plays, uh, Dubs plays on the outside. But that definitely a matchup you want to target there. Yeah, Watson kind of reminds me of the older generation Jaguars. Beautiful car, you know, really great when it runs. Yeah. Uh, but any Jaguar owner I've ever talked to said, you know, that's not always uh, something you could count on. So, um, Christian, on the, Christian the, the Jaguar I'm Watson. I'm sorry? Him on the sidelines. He's like, no, nah, I think I'm good for the day. Like, they're in a playoff race. Most guys would be just chomping at the bit to get out there. And he's just... He was another down. one that cost me a uh, team in the finals that I lost by three points. And his score counted as one mm -hmm. of my scores uh, in best ball. So, yeah, not happy with him. Uh, but you got to admit the dude is uber talented and has a bright future. Mm -hmm. Tucker, injuries at the tight end position. Yeah, I mean, the, the big news is Hunter Henry's injury. Um, he's, he's considered day-to-day -day right now by the New England Patriots. Um, he missed pretty much the entire second half. He just banged knees with the defenders. So I think it's going to be more of a pain management thing for him if he's able to to tape it up and get out there and play, he would. This doesn't seem like an injury that'll affect him long term. But if it's a pain management thing, he might not be ready to go um, come this weekend. I've got um, the team that I was telling you guys about that made the finals has Janu. Like I only drafted like three Janus this year, and and so I would not mind Hunter Henry and Derek Henry taking a break this week. Um, Curtis, the pickups at your favorite position. Yeah, uh, Logan Thomas. Uh, Carson Wentz does everything within his power to not throw it to Terry McLaurin. So Logan Thomas got a bunch of targets last week, and I think he's got a good matchup again this week. If he's available, you can definitely pick him up and chuck him in. And then, yeah, Johnny against the Dolphins. The Dolphins struggle against tight ends. So if he's able to start, he's probably going to put up a touchdown, even if the Patriots offense does seem to struggle a bit. He's definitely one of the players that could catch some balls this week. And who are you streaming a kicker in defense? Uh, defense, I'm going with Wink Martindale's blitz over whatever the Colts tried to throw together last night because that, oh, yeah, again, we need we need to move to the playoffs. But give me the Giants. And then uh, kicker, Matt Prater seems to be getting healthier, and he made a couple of big field goals, and I don't know if they're going to score touchdowns this week. So, he should get some kicking opportunities. I called him on Twitter last night. Big pick, Nick. Oh, he, <laughs> greatest job in the league until he has to play. You know, he he he's you know he had that one great year for the Eagles mm -hmm. with uh, Chip Kelly, and then he had that one great year when they won the Super Bowl. Other than that, he's been like one of the worst quarterbacks of the decade. But. Um, you know, his uh, his obituary will mention that he was the Super Bowl champion. Wow. Uh, Tucker, um, we're going to go to you for a new segment. As I mentioned, we're going to get out of here. And who is your must start this week? And your yeah, must with a lot set? of a lot of injuries at quarterback. I'm leaning Daniel Jones against that Indianapolis defense. They've allowed the the fifth most rushing touchdowns. Two opposing quarterbacks this season. Daniel Jones is fifth among quarterbacks in rushing fantasy points this year. 
I think if they're going to score, it's probably going to be on the ground. It's going to be a lot of Saquon Barkley, a lot of him. If you're a team that has Jalen Hurts or maybe another Tua Tugavailoa or one of the other injured quarterbacks, he could certainly be an option with that rushing upside. And then my must sit, and this is with a caveat if Trace McSorley starts, is DeAndre Hopkins. I just don't think Trace McSorley can get him the ball. He was targeted 10 times in their one game together, and he had one catch for four yards. I know DeAndre Hopkins sitting on your bench seems like a ridiculous thing, but if Trace McSorley is their quarterback, I just can't trust him to get him the ball at any point this weekend. All right, so for me, I am going to um, sit anyone that Malik Willis is aiming a football at. Um, He was historically bad, and uh, I mean, I just – it was amazing that we had as much – talk about him in the off season as being somebody that you would um, that might have a future in this league, because I mean, he looked completely like he couldn't complete a pass. Um, and, and as far as must start, well, I'm going to say Rashad white, even if uncle Lenny plays, if we hear that Lenny's playing, he could end up, Stop, uh, not playing halfway through the game. I think Rashad White is a great guy to start this week. Someone who you know has a floor and actually has a ceiling that is pretty unlimited if uh, Lenny ends up uh, pulling up lame in the middle of the game. All right, um, that's mine. Curtis, um, now it's your turn to close this out this week. Sure, I'm going to go to a land I never go to, and that's Packer land. I'm a Cowboys fan, so I'm not allowed to like the Packers. But Alan Lazard, I probably don't have him on many teams, but if I had him, I'm firing him in. Just a great matchup, regardless if Watson plays or doesn't play. So Lazard still commands a few targets. I'm starting him. And I'm sitting Aaron Jones because... He just didn't get on the field enough, and he's obviously got something going on, and I don't know if he can be trusted yet this week. So give me Lazard, and I'll sit Aaron Jones just because he's not really reliable right now. All right, that's going to do it. I want to thank my co-hosts, Curtis Hirsch and Tucker Bagley, for another great show. We've got one more next week where we'll finish out the season. And make sure... You check out the other three shows, The Sharp Betting Show with Ryan McChrystal, Sharp Angles with Dan Pizzuta and Rich Rebar, Sharp Angles Fantasy with Rich Rebar and Fantasy Experts. Of course, subscribe to Warren Sharp on YouTube for fantasy football insights and all good things that come from one of the smartest guys in the space. And don't forget to leave a comment. We would really appreciate it also if you would like it. That's going to do it for us this week, and we will see you next week.